Welcome to Calvary Live. We are so glad you could join us through our podcast. Here at Calvary, we want you to live life at the highest level through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. We hope today's message will be an encouragement. You can go ahead and turn to Psalm 127 in your Bibles today. Psalm 127. You know, I want to take some time today. Uh, I believe God's going to do some healing today. I believe there's going to be some restoration today. I believe there's going to be some deliverance today of bondage and things that the enemies tried to put on you because of what you didn't have or because of something you had missed uh, or some men because of mistakes they have made. Today we're declaring a day of brand new things. How many can say amen to that? God's going to do some great things. I'm excited about that. So we, we, uh, we're in a place in culture, I, I just need to help us walk through some things where uh, we, we think if you honor one, you dishonor another. We can honor each other. How many can say man to that? Today I'm going to focus on men. Does that mean I don't honor women? Of course not. It means it's Father's Day. And I want to speak to these men. I want to honor them today. Does that mean we dishonor ladies? Of course not. Of course we honor them. We're, we're families. We're marriages. We're, we're a church family. We're a team. But I want to express honor to men today. I, and I believe if there's any group of people today that are under assault by culture, it's godly men. And I'm here to be your friend today. You hear me, guys? I'm for you. I'm on your side. I believe in you. And we want to help you and encourage you today. I said it earlier. I'm so excited that, that we're in the Father's house today. Isn't that great? We all belong here. Can I tell you something? In the family of God, no matter what your earthly father did or did not do, you're in the Father's house. You're in the family of God. I want you to pull up to the table today. you got a place today. Amen? At the table in your Father's house. And you are welcome, welcome, welcome here. I don't know if we can fully comprehend the impact, the influence of a godly father. I, 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 don't, I think it would be difficult to overestimate what a godly man does in a family. What a godly man does uh, in, in a church, in a business, in a neighborhood. And we, we're, we're thankful for that today. This church is a friend of godly men and fathers. Can somebody say amen to that? We're a friend. I'll tell you what. We're a friend to any man. If you're struggling to find yourself, you're in a good place today. I want to read something to you. I, I thought this was quite succinct and, 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 and hit the mark. We got arrows here. I thought this, and, and so see if any of this sounds like what some of these men are dealing with. And we need to link arms and lift our men up. Uh, this, this is from, uh, one of our political leaders. And so not to be, uh, I, I refuse to let somebody politicize what I'm doing today. This is just Bible, what we're doing today. So we need to see things as truth, not political. But you know what? I believe that in this nation, despite what we hear, that there is a need for strong men. And I believe that's obvious. Strong men are not a threat to anyone. Strong men are an answer to a lot of things. I still believe that every honest man wants to provide for his family. I believe that women want to raise strong sons. I believe that children want to grow up in a home with a strong godly father. And I believe that we need to learn how to protect our marriages and our homes and our families. But we have these loud voices that I believe are still the minority of this nation. That are screaming in our ears from every platform. And they're saying that if you talk about strong men or, or, or masculinity or manhood, that, that you're, you're some knuckle-dragging idiot. 
If you're a man, you're supposed to shut up, watch your job go overseas, and just do what you're told. I don't believe that, but I hear that. Meanwhile, working men who hold down a job, put in their time, and provide for their kids are lampooned in liberal culture as idiots and Neanderthals. They're the ones Target and Budweiser think need to be taught how to be tolerant and inclusive. Yes, I said it. From the sound of our culture, relentlessly shouting at you incredible men, they're telling you you're the real problem with America and that our nation would be better off if you step back and shut up. But I'm here to tell you, I believe you need to stand up and speak up because God's hand is on your life. I believe the Bible still has relevance for today. I believe godly, biblical manhood and masculinity is a blessing and a gift from God. Uh, I don't believe manhood is toxic. I don't believe that healthy manhood, I read this recently, healthy masculinity is the same thing as healthy cancer. That's a lie from the pit of hell. If the devil's speaking, he's lying. If the devil said it, he's wrong. If the devil said it, the opposite of that is, is, is true. So healthy masculinity is one of the greatest blessings that could be reintroduced into our culture today. You know where we get this from. They run our universities and they try to uh, indoctrinate our children in our schools. They say if you show up at your kid's school board meeting, you're a domestic terrorist. I just say you're a good parent that cares about what's going on in the lives of your children I think I'll stop there because I don't want to miss what I'm going to say in the word but some you need to hear somebody say something other than that nonsense men I'm for you today I believe in you today I celebrate you today you're an incredible part of everything that's good going on in this church going on in our families going on in our nation let's go to Psalm 127 verse 1 Psalm 127 verse 1 This psalm was written by Solomon, not David. David's son, Solomon. He only wrote two of the 150 psalms. Let's read this. This this was written under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit by what the Bible says is the wisest man who ever lived on this planet. It's advice from man to men. So let's look at this. Psalm 127, verse 1. Unless the Lord builds the house, its builders labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchmen stand guard in vain. In vain you rise early and stay up late, toiling for food to eat. For he grants sleep to those he loves. Sons are a heritage from the Lord. Children a reward from him. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior are sons born in one's youth. Blessed is the man whose quiver... It's full of them. They will not be put to shame when they contend with their enemies in the gate. Now, this psalm is interesting because it's called, I don't know if on your digital uh, Bible, what, what version you have, but, but in a printed one, it will say a song of ascent, A-S-C-E-N-T-S, a song of ascent. What does that mean? Well, this was one of the psalms, one of the songs that Jewish families would sing As they were going to Jerusalem to worship one of those three feasts of the year. It's called an ascent because every time in Jewish culture, in biblical culture, when you talk about Jerusalem, it's on Mount Moriah. It's on the heights. Always when they spoke about Jerusalem, you went up. When you left Jerusalem, you would go down. 
And so here's the picture. Think of this. Solomon is the one who said this. Solomon built the temple where God's presence dwelt at Jerusalem. And today's dollars, this will grab some guy's attention. It was several billion dollars in value. The worth is hard to calculate. The walls around the city of Jerusalem were so imposing that we read from history that oftentimes foreign armies would come to take over Israel. And when they would arrive at Jerusalem and see this grand city on a hill with the the temple in the center and these huge walls, they would just turn around and go back, having marched for days and weeks to arrive there. And so now here's this majestic city with this billion-dollar temple And Solomon says, this is what you should sing. Are you with me? This is what I want you singing when you walk up and see this city. He says, you should say, unless the Lord builds the house, its builders labor in vain. The man who may have built the most expensive temple in the history of mankind said, unless God's in the house, it doesn't matter how beautiful it is. Unless God's in this thing, it doesn't matter how much money you have. Are you hearing me, families, today? You can build the biggest house in the neighborhood. You can build the grandest house that's ever been built. But the man who built the billion dollar temple said, while you're walking up and seeing what God helped me do, I want you to sing this out as a family. Unless the Lord builds the house, it's vanity. Unless God's in that temple, there's no reason for us to go worship. And then when they would see those impressive walls where David would write, the Lord's faithfulness is the wall around me. He said, I would rather trust in the faithfulness of God than the walls that a man can build. Is anybody with me today? And he said, so when you're singing, when you're coming to worship and you see the temple God helped me build, he said, I want you to sing this. I want your family. I want your children around you. Family sing this together. He said, I want your family to sing. And dad, I want you to lead them unless the Lord builds a house. The builders labor in vain. I want your children to to look at the magnificent walls around this city. And I want your family to sing. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchmen stand guard in vain. It's an incredible moment. These families would be in awe. And yet he keeps reminding them and telling them again and again. It's not what a man builds. It's what God builds. It's not what man can do. It's only what God can do. See, he said, unless the Lord watches over, you're watching in vain. Can I tell you, moms and dads, please hear my heart today. Please understand where we are and what the season is and understand the time. If you think that you can protect your family by yourself today, you are sadly mistaken. If you think you can guard your children today in every situation by yourself, you are vanity in what you're thinking and what you're trying to do. The devil is coming at them from so many places. He's attacking them from so many areas. Did we ever think that we would send our children to school? It was enough that they stopped them praying. And there are many godly great teachers in this house today. Godly administrators in this house. There are great godly teachers in every school system and we applaud them today. How many hear what I'm saying? They are on the front lines of of, of our children but we have allowed this culture to inundate our schools where we think the child is safe and there without you even knowing they are polluting their mind and perverting what is right and holy and sane. If there's a phone in their hand They're exposed to the most illicit, perverse things that you can imagine. Children's ministry in a church today is grappling with issues that were college ministry one generation ago. 
If you think that you by yourself, in your intelligence, in your knowledge, in your money, in your home, in your ability, can protect those children in your home without the Lord, you are trying to raise your family in vain today. Unless the Lord watches over. Unless the Lord watches over. But I have good news for us today. We have a faithful God who is watching when I'm sleeping. Who is loving at all moments. Who is caring. Who is there. I'm here to tell you today. We ought to gather our family every Sunday. And on the way to the house of God. They ought to hear their daddy saying. Boys, girls. I want you to know the Lord's watching over this house. The goodness of God is watching over this family. If we try to protect our family by ourselves, we're laboring in vain today. We, we, we can't do that. The strategies of hell are being unleashed in multiplied ways. But I'm not telling this to scare you. I'm telling this to inform you that our God is able. He's a faithful watchman. He's a good father. He's a gracious God. The enemy will try to do what he can. But if the Lord watches your house, your house is safe. If the Lord watches your home, the protection of God is going to be there. Look at verse number two, families. I'm really just introducing you to the main thing I want to say today. He says to this, we get this today more than ever. In vain you rise early and you stay up late, toiling for food to eat, for he grants sleep to those he loves. This is not a verse telling you to be lazy. This is a verse telling you that you can't protect your family without the goodness of God. Men, you know what it's like how you want to protect your family. Listen, I'm a I I I you know, we don't need to chest bump and act macho, but we just know who we are as fathers. You know, I I, I haven't I haven't been in a good good knockdown drag out fight in a long time. I got saved. Quit fighting. Come on, anybody understand what I'm talking about? I, I hadn't punched somebody in a long time. I have in the past. And I've been punched back. I kind of like it not getting punched anymore. It makes some sense to quit acting foolish. But if you try to touch my wife or my children or my grandchildren, we're going to tangle. You said, Pastor, can you do that? Well, this one will. I'm going to tell you straight up. I don't know if that bothers you or not, but you touch them. I'm going to touch you. And it's not laying on of hands. I'm just going to sock you. I'm going to. Okay. So there's, I'm just going to, I confess, I admit it. If. If you don't want to see it, turn your head. So, or help a brother out so I don't have to. <laughs> if you don't want me to embarrass you, then you need to help me. That's all I got to say. All right. Now, see, we relate to that as men. But that's not what makes you a man. It's instinct in you to protect. Are you hearing me? But we're not enough by ourselves. We're not enough by ourselves. And just like we can't protect our family without the Lord. We can't provide for our family without the Lord. See, it's, 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 it's not what, it, it's not going to be enough. Because look what happens if you try to do it without the Lord. Look at verse 2. Without the Lord, without doing it His way, without honoring Him, men, ladies, in vain you rise early. You know what that's like, don't you? In vain you rise early and stay up late, toiling for food to eat, for He grants sleep to those He loves. In other words, He says, you can wear yourself out. Trying to make a dollar. You can wear yourself out. Trying to provide for your family. At the end of the day it's in vanity. How many men have wasted their life and their health trying to make a dollar. And at the end of it they lost their family and their health. And there's no one to share it with. 
How many men have put money before family? Have put titles before family? Thought that my identity was the money I earned when your greatest identity is the children that you love. And the wife that honors and respects us. He said, God will bless what you do. Look at Proverbs 24, 33 and 34. Let's make sure you don't misunderstand. Because I want to show you this. Proverbs. Have you got that one? I'm, I'm hopping around on it. They'll get there. Look at this. A little sleep. A little slumber. A little folding of the hands to rest. What happened? Verse 34. You'll see this. And poverty will come on you like a bandit and scarcity like an armed man. God never commends laziness. You with me? Laziness is not a blessing from the Lord. Laziness is not a spiritual gift. You know what happened? I was reading it again. You know the parable of the talents? I remember the parable of the talents. One man was given five, right? One man was given two and another given one. And the man who was given five worked hard and brought five more. And what was his reward? Not to be lazy. He said, good, you get to be over a bigger city and have more things to be responsible for. Did you ever see that in Scripture? You know how God rewards you for good labor? He gives you more labor. He said, you've been faithful with five. Here's five more. Rule over ten cities. And the guy who was two came up and said, I brought two more. He said, good for you. Listen to this. What did he say to the one who, who had the one and went and hit it and didn't do anything? You know, what he, you know what God says about being lazy? He called him, you wicked, lazy servant. Laziness is wickedness in Scripture. So, everybody with me? Everybody still here? Breathe deep. So what am I saying? It's not a commendation of being lazy. He's saying, without me, you can't really provide. Without me, you can't really protect. And we'll see that. And he said, I want you to understand that. And then look at verse 3. Boy, what, what a shift. He said, sons are a heritage from the Lord. Children a reward from him. They're a reward. They're a blessing. They're a heritage. Have you noticed the current attitudes about children in our culture today? I, I, I've heard this several times lately. Someone has a large family, and, and when somebody sees it, they, their first reaction is, oh, God bless you. You got five children? My Lord. We used to say, what a beautiful family. What a blessing of the Lord. You, you, you know, now it's, it's like it, the Bible says children are a heritage. Children are a reward. They, they, yeah, sometimes they're messy. Anybody ever change the diaper? You know, sometimes they're tiring. Sometimes they'll make you walk the floor. But they're your children. And they're a blessing. And you love them more than life itself. The Bible says they're a gift from God. You know why our culture doesn't understand the blessing and the joy of children? is because the context of children was always designed to be in a home with a loving mother and a father. And we pull that out of that context. It gets hard for a single mom. It gets hard for a single dad. It becomes a situation we don't understand. But when children come in a context that God designed, everybody with me? When they come in that place, there is a reward and a heritage. There is a blessing and a gift. We celebrate the gift they are in our life. We honor and thank God for them. We bring children up and dedicate them to the Lord. Young families stand here and say, God, this baby is a gift from you. This baby is a trust." 
from you. It's a stewardship from you. Help us treat this baby the way you would treat this baby. Help us to raise this child. Can I tell you something? We need to establish again in the family of God that every child is a gift and a blessing. Let me tell you something. I don't know how you were conceived. I don't know what your parents said about you. I don't know if you've been rejected or neglected, but I can tell you in the eyes of God, while you were still in your mother's womb, heaven began to celebrate you. God wrote a plan for your life according to Psalm 139. And when you read God's plan for you, he says this, I have plans for you, declares the Lord. I have purpose for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. The parents may have failed you on the front end, but the grace of God will carry you to a blessing. You are chosen, loved, blessed, entitled, very precious in the eyes of God. We celebrate these children. But I gave you an arrow, and I want you to look at verses 4 and 5. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior are sons born in one's youth. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. They will not be put to shame when they contend with their enemies in the gate. Sons and daughters, children, the Bible said are like arrows. They're like arrows. Think about an arrow. Dad, mom, think about arrows. What does he say? He says they, they are a gift. And he compares those children to arrows. Uh, do you realize that an arrow cannot shoot itself, aim itself, launch itself? But God entrusted you with those children. He put them in your life. He designed you to be able to do what you should do for those children. He's the God who does that. And, and, and fathers, can, can, let's look at this. He says in verse 5, blessed is the man whose quiver, but that which holds the arrows when they're full. And the most important issue, sirs, are you with me today? It's not necessarily the quantity of the arrows of children in your quiver, your home. It's not just the quantity of children. You know, there's some guys like Nick Cannon that have 12. Can't get them in a quiver. So it's not just the quantity that makes you a father. Are you with me? Sorry, Nick. It's true. It's true. But uh, it's not the quantity. It's the quality. Everybody with me? It's not how many are in the quiver. What kind of qualities inside the quiver? That's what's going on in that house. It's what the atmosphere that those children are having and they're receiving. See, it's not the size of your house. It's not what it looks like on the outside. What does Solomon, who built the billion-dollar temple, say? Don't be enamored with what I build. Be enamored with who's inside of it. Unless the Lord builds a house, you labor in vain. Unless God puts this thing together, it's not going to work. No matter how big and bright our plans and our dreams, if we leave the Lord out of it, it will never achieve the goal that's there. Do you know one of the great things about God is that he can give grace to start over again. God can give grace to make a new start. How many are thankful for that today? I've had people say, Pastor, it's too late. My children are grown. I'm here to tell you if they're breathing, it's not too late. I'm here to tell you that God can put such an impact in their life in the latter days of your life. Come on, let's prophesy that the glory of the latter house shall be greater than the former. Come on, say that right now. The glory of the latter house 
shall be greater than the former. If God's not done, it's not over. If you're still breathing, it's not too late. The impact of a godly father who will look at his children like arrows in the hand of a warrior is a father who recognizes it's not too late. God hasn't abandoned me or forgotten me. Dad, I want to say to you today, listen to me. It's not how big your house is. It's not how many cars you have. It's not if your kids have designer clothes. It's not if they've got the newest iPhone. It's not if they have all the accoutrements of wealth. What your children need is you, you, you. A man of God who will love them and care for them and pray for them. When time goes on, they're not going to remember what you bought them. They're going to remember what you told them. They're not going to remember the things of this world. They're going to remember what you poured in their life. And did you love them and bless them and hold them and care for them and walk their hand into the house of God saying, unless the Lord builds a house, it's in vain. Unless the Lord watches over us, what are we going to do? See, you're the stability in that home. You're the common denominator inside the quiver. It's not the quantity of my arrows. It is the quality. Of the home they're in. Sir, God will bless you in that. I wish I could tell you that Solomon, who wrote this psalm, ended as well as he started, but he did not. The Bible says that the heathen women in his life turned his heart away from God. Solomon made a mistake. Solomon was foolish. He traded his wisdom for carnality. He traded his calling for flesh. Men, are you listening to me? Because he was a king in a, in a different culture, the Bible says, let's just be plain about it, he had 700 wives and 300 concubines. What's a concubine? That's a girlfriend. Today's terminology. She's your side chick. Now listen to me. 1,000 women, listen to me, that he was intimate with. A thousand on record. Listen to me. And yet in the biblical record, only one son is recorded out of all that. One. Do you see what happens? It doesn't matter how much money and influence you have. Listen to me, man. How bad your ego is, how big it is that you got to keep stroking it by being unfaithful to your wife. You gotta keep stroking your ego and proving you're a man by how many conquests you have of innocent, naive women or not so innocent women. What makes you a man is not how many women you've been with, but how many children you can raise. Solomon had a thousand opportunities to be a godly man and he blew 999. I wish Solomon had have ended the way he started, but he failed. But I can tell you today, you can end better than you started. You can flip this thing around and it's not too late today. Anytime a man says, I've gone too far and it's too late, that's a lie from the devil. Anytime life whispers or shouts in your face and says you've blown it and you've missed it and there's nothing you can do about it, that's because the devil's afraid of what you can do about it. Sir, maybe your life's been under attack. Maybe someone, maybe some uh, younger people here today or a person struggling, you're going to say, why has my life been so hard? Why has the enemy attacked me like this? 
Maybe you're blaming God for something the devil has done and designed to destroy you. But if you weren't important, if your life was not going to make a difference, then why has the devil fought you so hard? If you weren't valuable, why is he trying to steal everything away from you? If you weren't a threat to hell, then why is hell fighting you? I'm here to tell you today, the very fact that you're walking in a challenge tells me that you have such a valuable place in the kingdom that hell's trying to steal it away before you can ever reach that place the arrows in your hand are the children and God trusts you with them and sir God will help you with them now you got to understand arrows don't grow by themselves on trees they have to be fashioned and polished and trimmed take some time to make an arrow that's going to go somewhere there's raw material but they can't do it by themselves Some man's got to put a hand on them, fashion them, spend some time with them, sharpen them, polish them, value them, because there's a life out in front of them. See, we have to understand that these arrows, these children aren't strong enough to launch their self. They need your strength to go to the next place in their life. God never designed them to get there by themselves. They need your strength, sir, your strength that you have. It's not about you, it's about them. Anybody listening to me today? You understand that arrows can't aim their self. They go wherever you point them. They go whatever direction that you go and you point them. Do you realize this? I love this. I love this, fathers. Can I encourage you? You take an archer and you put an arrow in his hand and the arrow can go farther than you could ever go. The arrow can go places that you couldn't go by yourself. I'm here to tell you that you're going to launch your children into a generation to do more than you've ever done. I believe the church of the Lord Jesus Christ is not going down in this nation. I believe that the greatest days of Calvary assembly are not in the past. I believe someday God's going to put another young man or who knows, maybe another young woman in this pulpit to lead this church. And I prophesy today they will do greater things than we've ever done. They will go farther than we've ever gone. Come on, anybody with me on this thing? We're not jealous and intimidated. We celebrate what will happen. We want to point our arrows in the future. I want to shoot this thing where I could never go. I want to launch them in places I could never reach. I want them to crawl up my back and stand on my shoulders and see what I couldn't see. Why? Because that's who we are. We are launchers. We are strength. We are pointers. We are going to Send them in a direction that this next generation, anybody with me, can be the greatest generation. Maybe you had no father to polish you, fashion you, strengthen you, and aim you. Have you ever thought about that? Unless we see this psalm, one of the words that describes young men and women struggling is aimless. When you read this, you understand that psalm. You've been aimless. You didn't know what to do with your passion. You didn't know what to do with your energy. You didn't know where to go. You didn't know how to love. You're aimless. You're aimless. The potential is there, but you had no direction. The potential is there, but you had no one to point you. The potential is there, but you kept stumbling over things. Why? Because you were aimless. Nobody aimed you. Nobody helped you. Nobody launched you. Nobody pulled you out of their quiver and said, I love you and I believe in you. And this is what I believe God's going to do for you. And so you struggled. You couldn't make it work. It didn't make sense. You tried to be a father and you didn't know what a father was. You tried to love people and you didn't know what love was. You were aimless. You didn't have an identity. 
Why is there such an identity struggle in our culture today? Why are children so vulnerable for these ridiculous identity issues? It's because they're aimless. It's because they don't know who they are. They haven't been launched. They haven't been prepared. They haven't been in the quiver. They, they don't know what to do. Fathers, maybe you're here today and you're saying, but pastor, man, I didn't know how to be a dad. I didn't know what to do. I didn't have anybody lead me. I didn't, I didn't have anybody guide me. I bungled it. I missed it. I haven't been a good father. I, I, I don't know if I'm ever going to get another chance. I've got some really good news for you. I want you to look to, with me to Genesis 17.5. And God has a promise for you. Genesis 17.5. I love this look. No, he, he's, he's telling Abram, you tried to do it yourself. Abram, you tried to be a father in your own ability. Look at this. No longer will you be called Abram. Your name will be Abraham. Are you ready, dads? Every father that ever stumbled. Are you listening to me right now? Every father that's ever blown it. Every father that the devil screamed in your ears, it's too late. You'll never get another chance. Here's your promise. For I have made you a father. Come on. Write that down. Underline that. Highlight that. For I have made you a father. If you don't know how to be one, God will make you one. If you had no example, God will become your example. If you had no one aim you and you've been aimless, I'm telling you today, we serve the God who can take a man 99 years old who tried to be a father and couldn't do it. But God says, I have made you a father. Turn to some man next to you and say, he's made you a father. Ladies, tell somebody, tell a man, he has made you a father. You're going to give the same grace that God was given to you. You're going to share the same grace. See, lost arrows can be found. Sometimes the arrow's lost. But I believe we're in a season, if you're willing and ready, where God is walking through the destruction of our culture. And he's finding an arrow. There he is. I got you. He's looking through the refuse piles of life. And he says, there she is. I got you. God's finding lost arrows. God's moving through a land finding lost arrows. Parents, I want to tell you something. Some of you did everything you could to polish and shape and aim and launch your children. And they've gone astray. And they're prodigal sons and daughters today. And you wonder what can happen and what am I going to do and what did I do wrong. And sometimes arrows just take their own path. But I got a promise for you. Because we're talking about aiming. I want you to show Proverbs 22 and verse number 6. We're aiming. You shot them. You polished them. You did what you should do. And this is what I declare to you today. Train up a child. Point a child. Aim a child. Launch a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not turn from it. Are you with me? Your arrow may have been shot that way and it's going that way. But in the name of Jesus, I see it coming back. I see it turning around. I believe it's coming back. If you aimed it, God will honor your aim. If you launched it, God will honor your lots. That arrow may have tried to go here or there. The wind of life may have pushed him aside. But in the name of Jesus, your arrows are pointing back to the place that you launched them and God is able come on can you say amen to that all right guys you got to do a little work get the arrow out come on let's get the arrow out worship team come on you can join me guys get the arrow it's early don't you dare leave you'll 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 the fleas of a thousand camels will be in your bed tonight if you leave right now (laughs) 
All right, get the arrows out. Get the labels out. You got them, guys? There should be a pen in the back of every one of those chairs. We're about to have a God moment. Come on, somebody say God moment. Oh, the devil's afraid of what's about to happen right now. Man, I want you to get the arrow. And I gave you labels. Those are mailing labels. If you'll see, they'll, they're three across. They, they'll peel off. Before you, before you peel them off, I want you to take a pen or a pencil. I want, to write, I want you to write the name of your children, one on each one of those labels. You with me? You got nine. I want you to write, pay, kind of watch what you're doing, one per label. And after you've written your children's name on those labels, I want you to take them off and attach them to the arrow. Okay? I want you to write your children's name. And after you've written them, see how Pastor Emilio's got this there? See, just write them on the label first. Then you can put them on the arrow. You got me? You're going to take this arrow home with you. It'll look like that. Take a minute and do it. If you want to put your grandchildren's name, you can. So write it on that label before you take it off. Come on, guys. I know you don't like instructions, but work with me. Show your wife that you take instructions. You can do it. Okay, all the fathers doing that? Now, I want all you... I want all the men here that are not a father. I want all you young single guys that aren't married yet. I want you to take that arrow. And I want you to write a promise on your label. What is it? Godly wife? Maybe I'm going to be a great father. See? I want you to write your promise today. Because you're getting ready to fire some arrows. You need to get ready right now. Are you with me, young men? I believe in you. You're going to be part of this. You don't have any children yet. But what's your promise? Men, write that on your label. Young men, fathers without a child, or men without a child. Maybe your husband, but not a father at this point. What's your belief? What's your heart? What are you saying? What's your declaration over your family? You can put your grandchildren on here. Maybe you're a foster parent. Maybe you're believing for a child. You follow me? There's, there's, there's a promise. Write it down. Write it down. And then I want you to put it on the arrow. Here, Pastor Millie, I want you to have yours. Thank you for helping me. We're doing this right now at the Lawrence County campus today. We're going to do this in our Spanish-speaking service this afternoon. I declare families and fathers are coming in order. Come on, somebody say amen to that. It's powerful. Children are coming home. Can you see those arrows turning today? They were going the wrong direction. They're coming back. They're coming back. They're coming back. They're coming back. Your arrow is going to hit the target. Are you declaring that? Guys, I'm just kind of watching. When you're ready, I want to make sure I give everybody your moment. So you're going to write the name of your children or grandchildren or a promise. And then affix it to the arrow. I'm going to ask you to take these arrows home with you. And put them in a place where you pray. Put them in a place you see. Put them on the dashboard of your truck. Put them on your desk. Put them in your car. Take it with you. And every time you see it, God, I speak that name. I declare that name. God, I'm aiming that child. I'm launching that child. I'm believing God. Come on, guys. We're going to turn this thing around in the name of Jesus. God's going to bless you men with everything you need. God would never call you to be a father without promising you the grace to be a father.
God would never give you that ability, even if you didn't understand it, to not do it the right way when you recommit that thing to Him. Okay, men, are you, are, do we have them done? Or are we still working? I'm going to wait another minute because I don't want you to miss it. I'm giving you my preaching time because it's that critically important. I want to make sure these guys up here that are playing, that they get, a, get some arrows to them before we go, okay? So they, get, they can do theirs. Take them home with them. I'll tell you what I'll do. Let's do this. When you have this completed, I want you to come and stand, guys. Come on and stand. Come on up here and stand right with me. I want every man, every man that got an arrow, I want you to come. But when you've got it completed, come on up. And then I'll know when we're ready, okay? And if you need a minute, then I can tell who's still coming. Spread out to the right and the left, okay? You guys from this side can stay over there. That side, you can, you can hang over there, okay? Because we're giving these men. Come on, look at these men coming down. Let's, let's thank God for them. Come on, ladies. Proud of you men. Awesome guy. My goodness. Come on up. Got a place for you. Children, grandchildren are promise. Okay? Children, grandchildren are promise. Hey, some of our media, do we have any of the camera media people here today? Still shot media? Anybody here with a still shot? I want you to come up here and take a picture of these men. Is that okay, guys, first? Is that okay if you're agent and all your people do you? Okay, thank you. Come on, guys. Come on up. All right. Um, we got to, uh, somebody get on one of these wings. Maybe one of you ladies can help me and take a picture of these guys. You did it just a shot. You know, somebody told me recently, he said, men don't go to church anymore. I said, where do you go to church? I'm looking at a house full of godly men. Guys, yeah, come on. Thank the Lord for these men. Thank you, Miss Ruthie. Try to get an angle and just to get that. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't find you, Jante. Come on up and move around. So, you know, Jante's been the ninja photographer today. I couldn't find him. I'm concentrating on preaching. Gentlemen, look at me right now. Come on. We've had a little fun at getting ready, but now let's get serious. Those names that you have on that arrow, those promises on that arrow, I want you to understand something. God has a covenant with you. Do you realize what that means? God will never break His promise to you. God will never back off that. You're in a covenant with God. All we have to do is be faithful. Do you get that, guys? Just be faithful. You don't have to be perfect. Just keep going back to Him. Amen? If you make a mistake, if you fall, fall forward. If you need some grace, grab the grace. Just be faithful. Bring this thing, that arrow before God and say, God, you gave me these children. God, you gave me these grandchildren. You come before Him today and say, God, I got lost. I was aimless. But you said you would make me a father. That your hand is on me. God, you promised me. Did you get that, guys? You, you are chosen by God. You men are holy. You hear that? You're holy. You're anointed. You're authorized. No matter what anyone else has said, you're not a failure. You're a blessing. You're not a mistake. You're a gift. You change this thing. You guys are change agents. Just your appearance, just your being there. You're not going to have as many words about some things as your wife will. 
but you're, you're there. You're strong. You're able. I want you to make a fresh start today. Some of you need to start again. Some of you were arrows that were shot in the right direction and you got off track. Maybe the only church you had is your mother or your grandmother took you. And you didn't have a male figure. But you got a heavenly father. Are you with me, God? You can be what you never had or you're listening to. You can be what you never had. You can set an example you never had. You can change the course of your family. God says that He will bless your children. Listen to this. For a thousand generations. Did you hear that? A thousand generations. That's what God says to you. You didn't make that up. God said that. And so men, I want you to, you know, kind of stand up today. And breathe deep today. Thank you for going to work. Thank you for protect, providing for your family. Thank you for being educated. Thank you for doing your best. Thank you for doing what you could without an education. Thank you for not quitting when other people quit. Thank you for staying when other people left. Thank you for being here today when you could have been somewhere else. Do you hear what I'm telling you today? You men make a difference. You guys are important. You are the hope of this culture. You're the hope of the future. You're launching arrows that are going places you're never going to be able to go. That are going to go farther than you've been able to go. You're doing that. Your strength, your faith, your trust in God is, is more valuable than you can imagine. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. You can connect with us live each Wednesday and Sunday through our social media pages. If today's message has blessed you, please rate and review us so that more people can hear this message of Christ. Find out more about Calvary on our website at calvaryassembly.org.